Hey, come on in, come on in, and welcome to Entrepreneurs Can Party. Let me show you around. This is an entrepreneurship podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, creatives, and those aspiring to be so. The aim is to introduce you to inspiring, like-minded people who are doing what they love every single day and having so much fun in the process. You see, business can and should be fun. I'm your host, Scott Stockdale, and it's my job to tease out their habits, routines, successes, failures, favourite resources, books, etc, etc. All that good stuff. Alrighty, make yourself at home, grab yourself a drink, and let's get this party started. Hey, hey, or welcome to episode 85 of Entrepreneurs Can Party. I'm your host, Scott, and on this very last solo episode before Christmas, I thought I'd bring something to you a little bit different. Now, as I'm sure many of you are aware, I've done a lot of reflecting over the last few months, particularly since the turn of of June and July, and it has brought with it a lot of challenges. And I'm sure, you know, we've all gone through lots of challenges this year. And the reason I bring this up and this reflecting up is because that's kind of what today's episode is all about, taking a look at a very challenging period in my life and using Medium as a platform to kind of express these thoughts in a coherent manner, which I'm now going to kind of bring to you on the podcast. So what am I talking about? It is when I was a prison officer. I still have to pinch myself sometimes. I actually thought I'd be good at that role. Turns out I was hopeless. And as I'll dive into in this in today's episode, there were five key things I learned through this period. So just to give you a bit of context for those who don't know, yeah, I was a prison officer straight out of university as part of a graduate program. I stuck at it for a whole four months, I believe, four or five months, so not long at all. And there were certain things I loved, which I'm sure I'll explore in this in this episode. Certainly the training was amazing, you know, learning how to disarm people when they've got knives on them, how to use riot shields. And don't get me wrong, I'm not Bruce Willis at all, but... certainly yeah cool experiences to have and then there was more serious things as well such as learning how to deal with conflict and how to manage those difficult moments of tension things like that so really amazing time and experience but yeah just wasn't for me so yeah that's what today's episode is all about five key learnings from being a prison officer i hope that you enjoy Five unexpected lessons from being a prison officer. They were the most challenging four months of my life. I'm not sure how this happened, but it did. For a whole four months, I was a prison officer at a Young Offenders Institute. It was never my intention. I majored in economics and lined up for a corporate job. But then I saw an ad for a graduate scheme offering a 30k salary. Hence, my CV took a surprising turn. Any regrets? It's hard to say. There were many sleepless nights and I hated the gates. Being physically assaulted was highly likely whenever I stepped inside. Still, there were positives. I made a handful of friends and learnt some unexpected lessons. Here are five of those from working in one of the toughest environments there is. Number one. Environment matters. Feng Shui is a stretch. However, I do at least appreciate the effect of environment on our mood, having worked behind bars. The prison depressed me. Even when the sun was out, it was grey. The doors, the floors, the classrooms... The place was devoid of colour, and it wore me down. This shouldn't come as a surprise. In 2017, a former Google designer likened smartphones to slot machines, 
and he went on to suggest turning phones to grayscale could help combat compulsive checking behaviour. The environment wasn't all. The company didn't help. Many of my fellow officers were cynical, middle-aged men who had long lost hope for the young people in our care. Many called them scum, dead legs. I challenged them, but it was draining doing this every single day. People like this drag us down. It's far better to surround ourselves with those who lift us up in environments which make us smile. Number two, language is everything. On my second day on the landings, I made a mistake. I was detailed with ensuring the young people on my wing returned to their rooms. Most of them went in, but a couple of lads refused. In an attempt to persuade, I told them I sympathised with their situation, but rules are rules. They needed to go. How can you sympathise? Fuck. He had a point. Realising my blunder, I thought back to my training as the young lads messed around. Luckily, another officer swung by. The two lads returned to their rooms, and all was good. I'll never forget my brain turning to mush, though. What I should have said was I empathise. I had no idea what they were feeling, and I've never been in their situations. Sympathy was out the question. I could try and empathise, though, by putting myself in their shoes. It's a subtle difference, but an important one, as is often the case with language. As Matt Mayberry from Entrepreneur Magazine puts it, the way you speak impacts everything around you. Number three. The money doesn't matter if you hate what you do. My salary was ridiculously good. It was one of the reasons I applied. The problem is, if you're wishing your time away, the money doesn't matter. A 2013 study of workers in Belgium noted something similar. It found employees were willing to accept a lower wage for particular benefits, including a more interesting job and extra holidays. I knew I hated the job the moment I stepped inside. I don't know what I was thinking. I didn't like my colleagues, the work was boring, and I felt a constant unease. This unease was the worst. You knew something could kick off at any second. Things would seem fine as you patrolled the classrooms, but then a spark would ignite and you'd have to intervene. It was a constant mix of anxiety and boredom. That, let me tell you, is not a nice combo. Number four. It's okay to say I suck at this. As much as I hated the job, I also sucked. I didn't know how to connect with young people, I ducked away from responsibility, and I didn't have a commanding presence. I wasn't the officer I hoped I'd be. I knew this early on. Sure, I tried to get better and learn from others. Sometimes, though, no matter how hard we try, we're just not Beyonce. That's okay. I handed my notice in after three months. It should have been sooner. I didn't know what I wanted to do next. Not a clue. I just knew I had to get out of the situation before I did something stupid. Eventually, things worked out. I found something I like, and I'm as happy as I've ever been. It's just taken four months of misery to get there. As members from Forbes Coaches Council point out, if you dread going to work and your gut is telling you to leave, there could be signs you're not a right fit for the job. Number five, you can't kid yourself for long. When I first went into the job, I convinced myself I wanted to help the young people, to show them another way. That's my primary motivation. Problem is, it wasn't. Deep down, I knew the real motivator, and it wasn't to help. It was a salary. It pains me to say it, but there's no way I would have considered the scheme had it been anything less. It couldn't be more different with my work now. I find myself going above and beyond for the brands I work with just because I enjoy it, and I'm learning all the time. These are my motivators, and they align with my interests. If your why isn't on point, something's got to give. As Lisa Mooney from Business Chronicle says, when the truth catches up, you may not be satisfied in your work. Takeaways. There are times when you'll suck. You'll make mistakes. You'll feel like shit. It's all part of the process. Make enough, though, and eventually find something better. Something that suits your needs and wants. Where the environment lifts you up. Where you enjoy the people you work with. Where you're challenged in a good way. 
Ultimately, I may not be the Beyonce of the prison world, but I gave it a go. That's all we can hope for. Hey, hey, it's only me again. And before you go, I've got a very quick question for you. Would you like to make 2020 your best year yet? Okay, so hopefully that's a no-brainer. And to help you to the same, I've put together my annual blueprint and strategic life plan, which is totally free for you to download today. It's broken down into nine sections and features 96 thought-provoking questions, all of which are aimed to seek clarity about the things you want and to help you make that happen. If you'd like to get your hands on my free 25-page document, visit scottstockdale.co.uk. That's scottstockdale.co.uk.